When you're almost famous, you just might find yourself live on air on WATD. Hour two of Almost Famous begins now. Good evening and Happy New Year once again. Welcome to the tiny stage portion of Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to local bands and musicians from right here on the South Shore. Into Boston and all across New England, we do it every Tuesday night. Thank you once again to Tiny and Sons Glass 2018. Another year of great local music coming your way. Thanks to Tiny and Sons Glass, Peter Brown and the crew over there online at tinyandsonsglass.com. Well, my name is John Shea, and yes, we are on the tiny stage tonight, and we are on the tiny stage with Seth Rosenblum. Seth, good evening. How are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everyone out there listening. So first and foremost, who is Seth Rosenblum? Let's start with the basics. Well, I grew up in Waltham, Massachusetts, so pretty local, and started playing uh, violin, actually, when I was about three. Grew up mostly playing uh, classical music. Had always loved Elvis and the Beatles and a lot of Motown. So saw the the movie School of Rock when I was about 11, and that kind of propelled me into playing guitar. And uh, I am a blues guitarist and singer. Just put out my first album in September. It's self-titled EP. And uh, been playing clubs all over New England and up and down the East Coast for uh, the last last year or so. Excellent. So how does one make the jump from classical violin to blues guitar? It was a, it was a long transition. So it started off, uh, definitely got into kind of the Elvis, the Beatles, all that stuff. And from there really got into Cream Eric Clapton and Led Zeppelin. So a lot of the more British, British blues and then kind of totally detoured more into hard rock and metal and shred and all that stuff. And, uh, Kind of then ended up coming back around around to blues, really. Had started going to a lot of blues jams and stuff and really fell in love with the music. Uh, one of the most, I guess, life-changing moments was when I was about 13. I had really, really wanted to go see, at the time, my favorite band, Dream Theater. And my mom made a deal with me that she'd take me to go hear them if I went to Sculler's Jazz Club to hear a guy I'd never heard of at the time uh, named Joe Bonamassa. And uh, that, yes. made, that made a huge impression on me because she had sold it as kind of jazz blues and then show up and there's a Marshall stack on stage and it was really cool. So that definitely stuck in my mind. But uh, then around probably 16 or 17 started listening uh, more to B.B. King, Albert King, Elmore James, uh, a lot of British blues, Peter Green, uh, Jeff Beck, all that stuff, and now at 25, it's kind of all come come full circle. And after doing uh, doing a lot of teaching for a few years, really, uh, really have started to just focus on performing and on my own music. And we should mention too that I we met each other at the Marshfield Fair Battle of the Bands. I think you came in third place overall. I think second. Actually. Second place overall. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, that's... But yeah, yeah. No, it was a ba- blast playing there and. Uh, have really enjoyed playing some places on the South Shore and actually playing it in uh, in Dedham at Dedham Square Coffee House uh, on the fifth. So uh, that should be really fun as well. 
Excellent. And I was reading on your website, too, that uh, you attended Berkeley, but not for that long. Not Tell for us that about long. that. <laughs> so when I was 16 over the summer, I went to the Berkeley five-week program and met a teacher there. And at the time, I was playing more rock stuff, uh, Joe Stump. Ended up studying with him for for about a year and got back to got back to high school and was really pretty bored in high school. So ended up uh, leaving high school to attend Berkeley at 17, got in, went for a year, and then uh, then started kind of just wanting to do my own thing. So left and started doing a lot of teaching and quite a bit of uh, freelance work and sideman work and did that for quite a few years. Excellent. Well, uh, you've got the guitar in hand before we go any further. Let's hear a song. What are we starting off with tonight? We're going to start off with a song called I Don't Believe, which is an old Bobby Bland tune that I did on my album. So uh, usually, of course, have a full band with drums, bass, and the electric, but tonight uh, get a little acoustic version of it. All right, let's hear it. We have Seth Rosenblum on the tiny stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. Baby 
Seth Rosenblum live on the tiny stage tonight on 95.9 WATD. Seth, tell us about that song. Why did you pick that track for your album? It was a, it was an old favorite, and Bobby Bland, who, if you haven't heard of him before, if any listeners haven't heard, he uh, he was a soul singer that then ended up doing a lot with BB King, and there were some some great versions of Every Day of the Blues that uh, you can find on YouTube or the recorded versions, and that song kind of stood out to me. Heard that version, and then. Uh, Later, there's a version on a Ronnie Earl album that's really cool and kind of more similar to how I do it, but uh, was just one of those timeless blues songs. And the five-track EP, it's two originals, uh, which both of which I'll be doing later on, and then three covers did that one. Also, Wild About You, Baby by Elmore James, and then Gambler's Blues by B.B. King. So it was just trying to pick and highlight some of my favorite blues songs to uh to put together on it very cool so you mentioned um before that last song about berkeley you went there for a year how do you think berkeley affected your songwriting or maybe your choice of songs uh for the album you know compared to what your songwriting might, might songwriting might have been before you you went there I don't know that uh berkeley had a huge effect on songwriting because to be honest when i was attending Berkeley, I was definitely in a very different place than I am now, uh, was more looking to kind of do the sideman thing and play that role and really just be a guitar player, not a songwriter. So uh, I got a ton out of the harmony and ear training at Berkeley in terms of the overall music knowledge and some of the arranging, but really focused more on that there and then, of course, was in all the, uh, the guitar classes. But in terms of songwriting, I think the biggest influences for me have it's really just been finding and listening to good songs I like and trying to borrow borrow some things and come up with a little something original uh, to throw in as well. So even when I do covers like that, I try to try to make them my own because I'm a, a real believer in that someone's already done it, and unless you're going to do something different with a song or make it make it better your own whichever it's not really worth just repeating what someone else has done so always try to bring a little bit of my own taste and own personality to what i do very true and you mentioned that you grew up in a musical family that was up, up on your website and your mom took you to scholars and all that tell us about that how did that affect your life Pretty hugely. I mean, uh, my my mom did play uh, violin, actually, and grew up in, in Michigan in the 60s. So she saw uh, the Beatles on their first U.S. tour, which I know was pretty huge for her. But uh, my dad actually was is recently retired, but he was a classical violinist and was concertmaster of Boston Ballet Orchestra, played with the Pops and the uh, subbed with the symphony. So I spent... Uh, lot of time at symphony kids concerts and i've seen the nutcracker probably more times than anyone should ever ever be subjected to it so uh i i was kind of always immersed in it always had instruments around always had music around so it never uh never felt unnatural it was kind of something that was always there fantastic we are chatting tonight with seth rosenblum and uh, tell us about the album that, that's available right now. It's self-titled. Uh, give us more information on that. Self-titled album. I recorded it in August, early September, out at Wellspring uh, Sound Studios in Acton, Massachusetts, and had some great musicians play on it. Had Tom Appleman play bass, who uh, he's a professor over at Berkeley. Great, 
great bass player. Uh, Jim Gwynn played drums on it. He's actually the uh, Boston Pops drummer. And then Ken Clark, who's a fantastic local organ player, played some B3. And it, it was the first time I had gone into the studio really doing doing my own stuff exactly how I wanted to do it. So uh, got in there with Matt Hayes, who's the uh, house engineer over there, and he did an amazing job with it, just helping get all the sounds I was really hearing in my head. And we did it did it pretty quick, spent about three days in there uh, <laughs> from start to finish, getting it mixed, mastered, everything. Was it live or did you track it? So we... Uh, we did all the basic tracks live with me playing all the rhythm guitars, the bass and drums there at the same time, then overdubbed uh, the solos, the vocals, and the keys. So uh, really did it, kind of wanted to preserve that live feel because I think when uh, stuff starts getting too multi-tracked with a blues record, if everything's just quantized and uh, really pieced together, it can sound a little lifeless and i i wanted like clapton in the 80s <laughs> i wanted to really keep that that feel of a classic blues album when you're listening to a bb king album or a freddie king album and it's obvious that everyone in, was in one room playing together keep that feel but also have kind of the modern production and the ability to really get the solos exactly how i wanted them and just have a bit more of a, a clean feel to it, so it kind of combined the two. But it was it was a real, real pleasure doing the album, and I've, I've been really happy to see that people have seemed to enjoy it. Uh, and it's it's up on my website for uh, physical copies at sethrosenbloom.com, and then also on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all all those. Excellent. Well, let's hear some more live music. What's next on your set list tonight? This one is another off the CD, and this one is an Elmore James tune called Wild About You, Baby. Let's hear it. We have Seth Rosenblum live in studio tonight. 95.9 WATD on the tiny stage. It's all yours. Just won't treat me right Yes, I'm wild about you, darling But you just won't treat me right
Seth Rosenblum in studio tonight, 95.9 WATD. Nice job on that one, man. Thank you very much. So tell us why you picked that track. That was, uh, that was an old favorite as well and heard the original Elmore James track, which is more of a, a slide kind of bottleneck blues tune. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of slide guitar, whether it be Elmore James uh, or more, more modern players like Derek Trucks. And I am personally a terrible slide player. So <laughs> that, was, that was another one of them where I wanted to, to take the original track, try to do, do something my own with it. And... Uh, make it a bit more into a rock tune and uh it was just one that came together really really well and uh yeah that's kind of that fantastic well we have to take our first time out of the nine o'clock hour we have more with seth rosenblum on the tiny stage right after this on 95.9 watd a positive message blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. Who is the happy ending? When I lay my vengeance upon her. Almost Famous, 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to Almost Famous here on 95.9 WATD, introducing you to the world of local bands and musicians from right here on the South Shore into Boston and all across New England. Brought to you every Tuesday night by Tiny and Sons Glass. My name is John Shea, and we're on the Tiny Stage tonight with Seth Rosenblum. Seth, how you doing in there? Doing great. Glad Sounding to be here. awesome tonight. Thanks for coming down to Marshfield. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who may have missed the first segment, tell us, who is Seth Rosenblum? Well, I am a blues guitarist and singer out of Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh, recently, well, pretty recently, about six months ago, moved back up to this area from North Carolina and released my first CD in September uh, and have been really excited about that and just playing all around the area and up and down the East Coast. What took you to uh, North Carolina? I had done a lot, of, uh, a lot of teaching down there, actually, at a few, uh, few events. So had done a few things at Raleigh Music Academy, started, started actually going down there as a student when I was 16, and then ended up teaching at, I think, the last three summer sessions they've had there, and actually just played down there about a month ago, but taught there with uh, Ron Thal, also known as Bumblefoot of Guns N' Roses, well, the Axl Rose Guns N' Roses, uh, Andy Timmons, and Andy Wood. And then I've also done a huge event down there, uh, International Musicians Summit, which is uh, was started by a guy named Kevin Wilson, and he brings in, it started as just guitar, and now has gone to uh, bass, drums, and keys as well, but brings in a ton of great musicians, and it's uh, kind of a hang also with master classes clinics concerts and it's a great event so i had been involved in those before i moved down and wanted to change the scenery from here kind of fell in love with the area so spent about the last two years down in uh down in the raleigh area excellent and bring us up to date with uh, what's been happening since then there's an album out you've got a website social media anything like that yep the album came out in september and that's on uh on my website if you're still into the physical copy thing or uh on itunes spotify all those i am on instagram facebook all those and then the website is www.sethrosenblum.com dot com and have a pretty busy schedule of gigs coming up. Uh, yeah, one coming up uh, somewhat close to here, the Dedham Square Coffee House. Yeah, on the 5th at Dedham Square Coffee House, which should be a lot of fun. First time playing there, so uh, really looking forward to that. 
Excellent. Very cool. Hopefully I'll be there because that's one of my favorite places around here. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Well, let's uh, let's show the uh, listeners what they're in store for. What's next on your set list? This one is an original called The Way Things Used to Be. All right. I'm going to slow it down a bit for this. Cool. Seth Rosenblum on 95.9 WATD. Sir, the microphone is all yours. Woke up this morning Missing the way things used to be Woke up this morning Missing the way things used to be Just want you back home with me When you left me, baby You broke my heart in two Now that you're gone, girl I just, I don't know what to do Woke up this morning Missing the way things used to be Yes, I'm crying now, baby Gotta move on and set you free
Seth Rosenblum live on the tiny stage tonight on 95.9 WATD. Very nice job on that one, my friend. Thank you very much. Tell us what that song's all about, if you would. That's one of your originals, correct? That is one of my originals. So uh, that was back in the spring. was still living in North Carolina. And as I think a lot of blues songs come from, came from uh, a bit of heartache, a little uh, a breakup going on. But, uh, you know, best to channel that into music and uh, turn it into a song. So that's where that one uh, originated from. So how many original, there's, there's two on the album, but how many original songs do you have in your collection? Uh, right now that I'm playing live, just those two and doing a lot of old blues tunes, it kind of started off as I had always had a project going of instrumental guitar, kind of blues rock, and had written some stuff for that, and then switched to a vocal project with me also singing. So uh stopped playing a lot of the material I had been playing and kind of had to start from scratch. So as much as I enjoy writing, I'm more of a write for kind of a purpose. So knew that I wanted to do the CD and needed material for it. So kind of figured out how many tunes the whole thing would be and didn't want to force originals to happen that weren't there so ended up having two on them and i was kind of fine going into it i wanted at least one but anywhere from one to five on there uh the goal is to probably go back into the studio this coming year uh or this year now sorry uh it's now 2018 so go back in this year and uh release something probably early 2019 and have that be more or less all original so the writing's starting but i always like to kind of flesh things out in the studio before kind of throwing them on stage and playing them live very cool that is seth rosenblum now the album self-titled came out uh, this past summer um you mentioned you know going in later on this year to work on the uh, the second the follow-up how do you think your your guitar playing and maybe even your songwriting has evolved since the last album came out I think the uh, in terms of the guitar playing, it's uh, you know that's kind of the b- bread and butter for me. Uh, the vocals, still always working on that because that's newer for me. Uh, with the songwriting, I think it's you know playing these songs live, seeing how they develop, and just having this project around for longer. I think the songwriting and really listening to a bit more from outside of the straight ahead blues genre will will affect what's going to come on the next one my goal for the debut release was to really do a blues album and have it more or less straight ahead but i am influenced by a lot of stuff outside of that so for the next release i think it'll definitely show a bit more of the rock side and some other influences that maybe weren't as uh, as obvious on the debut what did you learn from the, the last record um, and maybe even touring from the last record that you'd use uh, to make the current record? I think uh, definitely from doing the last record, I'm planning on probably going back to the same studio to do the next one. And anytime you're working with new people, whether it be musicians or engineer, producer, there is a little bit of a learning curve in getting to know each other. So by the end of doing well of the three days but of doing this last cd it was a really comfortable working relationship with the engineer and kind of knowing what each of us wanted and uh just communicating a bit clearer so in terms of dialing all the tones in how you know the process for tracking i think 
that going into the next one will be a bit bit smoother because I had done quite a bit of studio work but always playing for someone else's project and that's so different than doing your own because when I'm hired to go play guitar on something I show up to the studio figure out what the artist wants and try to execute that as well as I can but uh, doing my own project it's really that also that learning curve of you're not only paying attention to what you're playing but also what everyone else is playing to make sure that's how you want it as well. Fantastic. And I want to ask you, too, about the... I know you're you're typically an electric player, but I want to ask you about the guitar you're playing tonight. Yes. Uh, this is... Well, specifically, this guitar is a Santa Cruz OM Grand. It's somewhat new to me. Uh, the acoustic thing has been somewhat of a recent development. Just played a show up in Burlington, Vermont, at Radio Bean few weeks back and uh that was an all acoustic gig and there will probably be some acoustic songs thrown into the main set but it's also great for opportunities like this when it's hard to fit a whole whole blues band in with the the drums and uh everything yeah they call it the tiny stage for a reason yeah yeah it's a little (laughs) that can get loud And I mean that that acoustic has fantastic tone. I was expecting to see you know a Martin stock on that thing or even a Taylor, but that that's got a beautiful sound to it. Yes. Yeah, so Santa Cruz, uh, I think they've been around since the '70s. It's a small company out in California. They uh, they have a pretty impressive artist roster. And then the pickup in this one is a uh, Fishman of some kind. I think I actually picked it up over at Music Emporium in Lexington. But uh, yeah, I had tried a lot of a uh, lot of Martins. A lot of tailors. I'm also a huge vintage guitar nut, and had tried uh, a couple old, old, older Martins and uh, Epiphones, which can be great. But wanted something that would really also be roadworthy. And you know, when you're taking some of those vintage guitars out, they like to misbehave at the worst times. Yes, absolutely. Which uh, I mean, I've, I've vintage jams too. Vintage amps. I, I'm pretty good with the vintage amps. I actually uh, I only gig vintage amps right now, and they tend to uh, they tend to behave because with the vintage amps, at least they're all point to point wired. So if something goes wrong, it's pretty easy to diagnose. With newer amps with circuit boards, something goes wrong, and it can be the whole amp that pretty much <laughs> needs to be replaced. But vintage guitars, just you know, the truss rod development and everything on some of them isn't quite where it is now. So wanted something really really stable so i need to ask and this is i usually ask this towards the end of the show but now seems to be the perfect time do you have any war stories on the road or any any you know any not really embarrassing but any fun touring stories that you can share with us tonight that that the fcc will approve so i'll I'll leave the uh the amp company unnamed but i actually had an amp once start smoking (laughs) behind me during a guitar clinic which was interesting because it was you know, a clinic in a, in a small music school and definitely not like a club atmosphere where there might be, you know, smoking going on. So all of a sudden start smelling smoke and it's like, uh, what is that? And then look behind me and uh, the amp, there is visible smoke coming out of it. So in terms of gear stories, that's probably that's probably <laughs> one of the worst. I mean, you know, the touring thing, it's a lot of long drives and uh 
you know, a lot of t- downtime in between shows, but it's the, uh, you know, the energy that you get from playing the shows and just the, uh, the enjoyment. I mean, there, to me, there's nothing better than getting on stage and playing for people. And, you know, I, I know it's kind of the old cliche, but I really don't care if there are five people in the audience or 50,000. It's all the same of bringing, bringing the music and the emotion to uh, whoever's there. So true, and that's kind of the theme of the the show here tonight. We have Seth Rosenblum in studio, and I know people want to hear more music. So what's next on your list? So this one I threw in uh, just because I know it's everyone loves this song, and I I love it too. But this one is one that I occasionally do live, and this is Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. Ah, fantastic. Seth Rosenblum on 95.9 WATD. Sir, the microphone is all yours. Take anything you want from me Well, she's walking 
have Seth Rosenblum in studio tonight, 95.9 WATD, with a Jimi Hendrix cover. Nice job on that one, man. Thank you. So one thing that I've, I've learned from doing this show is when somebody plays a Hendrix cover, people either love Hendrix or they hate Hendrix. Yeah. Why it, do you think that is? I, I, I don't get the hate for Hendrix because I get the, the whole thing about, you know, you hear arguments, oh, he, he wasn't that technically clean of player and everything. But you also have to put it in context of without Jimi Hendrix, there wouldn't be... 2018 electric guitar it was just That's such true. a yeah such a revolutionary and so many of the things he did it he was either the first to do them or he was combining so many different influences with you just take something like little wing and how much it combines rhythm playing or lead playing for a long time guitar was really looked at either in the you know jazz or blues context of being a rhythm instrument where you just played chords or, you know, there were the, you know, B.B. Kings or the uh, Eric Clapton's even kind of sort of same time pre-Hendrix a little bit, but uh, where it was more towards the lead playing where Hendrix, you know, you have all those double stops and those little mini chords in there. And just, I, I mean, what he did for not just blues or rock as a genre, but guitar as an instrument just can't be overlooked. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard plenty of hate for Hendrix, but, uh, I mean, for me, undeniably kind of one of the greats and one of the uh, one of my huge influences because I think you have to look beyond your specific influences. Who were your influences influenced by, <laughs> if that makes sense? That and does make sense. Of Would you have a, you know, say, name any later 70s, 80s, 90s guitarist without having Hendrix first? And the answer is probably no. So much of, you know, you listen to a Stevie Ray Vaughan and there's so much Hendrix influence. They're not just in the sense that he did a lot of Hendrix covers, but... Even Mark Knopfler, in a way, is influenced by Hendrix. Oh, yeah, hugely. And I think, you know, even you look at other guys in the, you know, late 60s, early 70s, and all those guys were kind of feeding off each other. Uh... And, you know, playing together a lot, and you even see Hendrick's influence come up later in, say, a Clapton or, uh, you know, Jeff Beck and all that stuff just kind of kind of plays together and meshes into a big kind of melting pot. Excellent. That is Seth Rosenblum. Let's keep on going with music. Let's hear something else. What do you have next? This one is another original off the CD. This one is called Nailed to the Wall. All right. We have Seth Rosenblum on the tiny stage tonight. Here on Almost Famous 95.9 WATD, my name is John Shea. This is local music. We do it every Tuesday. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. Seth, it is all yours.
Death Rosenblum live in studio tonight, 95.9 WATD. Awesome. Thank you. Take us through uh, what that song's about. That actually is one of those songs that has no specific meaning whatsoever. <laughs> I know a lot can be drawn from it, but just had that one phrase nailed to the wall and thought it would make a good good chorus, I guess, or good tagline. And kind so there of, it is. <laughs> yeah, and then wrote a song around it. So it, I've had a lot of people ask that. It's like, wow, did someone really make you mad writing that one? It's like, no, I just had that in my head and had to kind of write something around it. So I think I sat on that phrase for probably about four months and actually finished that song the night before I went in to record it. So that was really <laughs> one of those, you know, wasn't sure if it was going to happen or not, had a kind of backup uh, backup plan, but uh, it happened, and it's one of my favorites to play and play live. Excellent. So this is the, the acoustic version of Seth Rosenblum. What is the, the full band experience like? The full band experience is quite different. I mean, with uh, with just an acoustic uh, and just me, it's hard for the uh, the guitar solos to really come out without the band back backing up because kind of have to keep the uh, keep the song going but full band experience right now is usually a trio i love to have keys when i can but right now it's just me on guitar electric guitar and uh vocals and then bass and drums and uh occasionally keyboards but mostly mostly kind of power trio in that old Hendrix or cream or whichever favorite power trio uh vein and uh 
it's I, I've really liked what we've been doing with the live show, and uh, it's it's a fun time. It's definitely a little more towards the rock side of things. A uh, little bit of everything, a little bit of old school blues, some uh, British blues, some more rock blues, some country blues. So a little bit of everything, but always try to throw my personality into it. Fantastic. Speaking of which, you'll hear all of those varieties of blues coming up at 10 o'clock tonight. Peter Black in the Wide World of Blues. You ever listen to him? Not too much, a little bit. Oh, you got to check him out. Yeah. He's the man. So we have to take our final time out of the night. We have time for one last track, though, right after this with Seth Rosenblum here on 95.9 WATD. Does that work for you? Absolutely. A message to struggling musicians. (laughs) Don't give up. (laughs) Ever. Victory is mine. Almost famous. 95.9 WATD. And welcome back to the final segment of Almost Famous tonight here on 95.9 WATD introducing you to local bands and musicians from all across New England. And in studio tonight, we are wrapping things up with Seth Rosenblum. Seth, how you doing? Great. So glad to be here. So glad to have you here. So uh, give us again your website, your online information, and I believe you have a show coming up, was it this Friday night? Yeah, Dedham Square Coffee House. Which That's the fifth? Be, yes, it should be a lot of fun. And our website is just www.sethrosenbloom.com. And social media, I'm pretty sure Instagram's just at Seth Rosenbloom. Facebook can just search me on there, and I'm I'm definitely pretty active there. Little videos, updates. So, uh, yeah, and my new CD is on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and Pandora, I think. And then if you're into the physical CDs, those are at my website or always have them at any uh, any live performance. Awesome. And uh, I, I heard you were tuning up uh, during the break there. Sounds like Drop D, and you were talking about the uh, the capo situation with the acoustic guitar. Revisit that for us, yeah, if you would. Yeah, so the, uh, the whole capo thing's been new for me, because on electric, I've you know never found really a use for a capo for the stuff I do. But on acoustic, it just, especially playing blues, makes it so much easier to capo and kind of always somewhat be playing an open tuning and i you know i had had one of the big clamp kind of kaiser capos and they're fine but every time you capo something you like have to retune the whole whole guitar tried that one tried another and i think i ended up with about four or five capos <laughs> sitting on my desk till i found this one and it, it's just one of the uh diodario i think pro some things uh but it has a little screw thing that makes it very easy to kind of switch positions and uh it it stays in tune well and i like to not have to retune every time between songs if i'm just uh moving the capo so it's worked out well (laughs) excellent well that is seth rosenblum Uh, we have time for one last song before we pass the torch over to peter black and the wide world of blues. So what are you taking us to the top of the hour with tonight? This one is a Chris Whitley song that I actually heard as a Joe Bonamassa cover on his album Slow Gin. This one is called uh, Ball Peen Hammer. Excellent. Seth Rosenblum, thank you so much for coming to Marshfield tonight. Get home safely and uh, best of luck in 2018. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I'm gonna climb Now I don't know about no law I don't see no crime Ain't no reason 
Ain't no rest I'm gonna get down to the water and get undressed Cause I can't stand to hell Cause I can't stand to hell I can't wait to see them walls falling down So tell me Jesus Why they run Is it by the weight of the woman The weight of the gun Got 15 minutes now And I just don't care I'm gonna take this all for granted When I get there And I can't stand to hell And I can't stand to hell I can't wait to see them walls Falling down I can't stand it. I can't wait to see their walls falling down. Yeah. 